Welcome to another installment of Kaiju Curry House. Tonight, Paul and I, your host Joe, are going to be talking about Godzilla's Singular Point, which is the new anime which Netflix is premiering. And we're going to be going over the first episode tonight and then speculation about the plot and the players involved in the series. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks, Joe. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure yeah. to see you. Well, yeah, it is a pleasure to see you. We're releasing these on YouTube now, folks, and that's to help anybody who may want to view it with subtitles. So expanding our audience. Anyways, Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Well, to tell you what, Joe, I have spent a little bit of money on everything dinosaur. Ooh. Got this luscious um, Shin Godzilla embryo, which is very cool. That there's is very cool. Yeah, there's three variants. Um, I just went for clear because you can see them better, I think, than the other two. But yeah, it's kind of yeah. So it's it's Shin Godzilla all curled up in a little ball. It's kind of cute, kind of creepy. You and I have a different definition of cute, Paul. I think it's That's... the I think it's the big eye that makes him look. It's the puppy dog eye. <laughs> I think that's cute, like a goldfish is cute, Paul. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm no, not getting okay. fluffy bunny vibes. I'm not getting fluffy bunny vibes. Okay. Well, yeah, I got that from everythingdinosaur.com. That's forty-five pounds, so that wasn't too bad. Um, other than that, I've been mainly doing gaming, um, kaiju gaming-wise. City Shrouded in Shadow, that PlayStation Four kaiju exclusive. I've been playing. I've completed, and the episodes are up on our YouTube channel, so you can see me play through the whole game. It's amazing that a single game has creatures from Godzilla, Gamera, Neon Genesis, all the different franchises all in a single game. I, I don't know how they managed to sign off on that, that deal, but well done to them. The only problem is it's a story-based game and it's in Japanese, so I have no idea what the plot is. But um, hey, never mind. And other than that, there's a new game called Outriders out. Um, me and my mate Tom have been playing it online and it's a very generic sci-fi story but basically earth's well we've used up all the resources and we're looking for a new home we come across this planet and there's a strange anomaly there which changes things but all it basically means is you get to run around with lots of different guns and shoot some very cool creatures um so i mean even if you don't like games i will try and upload some footage so you can see all the all the creature designs in it because there's um I, mean, I, I came across one that's literally as tall as a mountain breathing fire at me. There's there's this spider that we fought in a volcano, um, which then somehow mutates to look like a giant face hugger. It's like a snake slash spider lava thing, which is pretty cool. But yeah, very cool designs. <laughs> I'll leave it there. You um, love your creepy stuff, don't you? I do love my creepy stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, spiders especially are creepy. And when they're ginormous and spit in lava and the little babies are summoned to attack you. Yeah, it's great fun. Great fun. Um, but enough about me. Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? I have been watching Godzilla Singular Point. And I recently watched, again, uh, Love and Monsters. I, again? As in you've seen it yeah. twice? Yeah, I, I, oh, think well. it's, I think it's a fantastic movie. I, I couldn't get enough of it. The first time around so watched it again uh first time i watched it with my partner second time we figured you know this is this is okay we can show the kids this so the kids watched it and it was really funny we have a 13 year old daughter 
and she was just kind of in the corner pretending not to take interest and then you know the the longer the movie came on you know the, the less she started looking at her ipad and uh it was just kind of funny to watch her take interest but kids thought it was really fun i think that's a really fun movie and uh yeah uh in terms of merch i spent a little bit of money too i bought a bandai godzilla singular point figure it is the Titanosaurus figure. I know it is Godzilla Aquatus or whatever you want to call it, Toho, but it's Titanosaurus. You, you, you can't, you know, like pull the wool over my eyes. I know exactly what you're doing there. Um, got him. And then I pre-ordered the Fire Rodan, or not, I guess you can't call it the Fire Rodan, but it is the Molten Rodan, uh, Rick exclusive from X Plus. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah, yeah. I thought that that was worth diving in on because I enjoy, I really like Rodan. Um, I'm a big fan of the original film and I liked him in Godzilla King of the Monsters. But to my knowledge, other than the Defo Real, it's the only flying sculpt of a Rodan that's really doing the creature justice. And with the base, the pose, the way it was painted, I thought it was definitely worth the investment. So I went ahead and bit the bullet and pre-ordered him through Awesome Collector. And uh, yeah, so, you know, been doing my bit of purchasing, you know, staying in with the fandom. It's been a busy few weeks. Okay. Um, I think you and I also talked one, a few episodes back that uh, Pacific Rim, The Black uh, oh, came yeah. out. So, you know, I've, I, I finished that up. I thought it was pretty good. And uh, we'll have we, we'll have to do an episode on we, that. Yeah, we will definitely. Once we've all watched it, we'll do an episode getting into that one. Yeah. Yeah, we need to get Alex to watch more cartoons. This has been the uh, trend. <laughs> if you don't notice, folks, Alex, who is normally one of the co-hosts on the podcast, is missing tonight, and he just he don't he won't watch cartoons with us, will he, Paul? He just won't do it. He loves cartoons. Does he though? Does he? He's more of the well. He loves Evangelion, so I just assumed he loves all anime. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a bit of a generalization there. I don't I don't think Evangelion's like a lot of anime. No, okay. <laughs> but uh yeah. So Alex isn't joining us tonight, but uh he is here in spirit. And we will mock his lack of cartoon watchiness. So, Paul, as I understand oh. it, you have only gotten through the first episode of Singular Point. I have, yes. And obviously because it's only out in Japan at the moment, I had to watch it subbed where I would prefer to watch a dubbed version. Oh no! Sub yeah, is the way to go. No, no, it's a great debate, isn't it? <laughs> the great debate. Yeah, I, I, especially the intro to Singular Point, where it was just constant talking, and I was just trying to read frantically at the bottom. There is a lot of quick dialogue and a lot of yeah. uh, quick subtitles if you're not watching it uh, dubbed. Um, so Paul and I are watching it. Um, you should know, folks, that uh, we are not watching it on Netflix. We are watching it because anime fans will find a way to watch anime on the internet. And um, whilst we have not illegally downloaded anything, we have just flat out watched it, haven't we? We just went <laughs> yeah. to a site and watched it. So it is out there if you look. But um, yeah, I've gotten up to episode five now. At the time of recording it, of this recording, it is April 28th. And um, we're just going to go over the first episode here in this first segment. So, Paul, do you want to explain how the episode goes? Or 
Would you want to leave it up to me and then we can tear it apart? Um, if I say I can go, I can try and go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I might, Joe, I'll probably forget some stuff actually. It might be best if you go through it. Um, before you do though, I would just say at the moment it is being released weekly um, in Japan yeah. on Netflix and there's 13 episodes in total. It's coming to the UK, Netflix, on 24th of June. But I don't know if that will then be in one lump or if it will be weekly. But it might be a case of literally it finishes in Japan and then boom, worldwide release, all in one go. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Western audience is like a good binge, don't they? That's it. I'd rather binge it and be able to watch it dubbed, if I can. I don't want to do this waiting every week and having to read it and possibly miss something cool on screen. Yeah, yeah. So Godzilla Singular Point starts out. It's got a very flashy opening, doesn't it, Paul? Like the intro, like most cartoons, what they'll have is like, like, I guess any show, they'll have like a title credit scene or a section of the um, episode. And with Singular Point, it is all over the place, and it's really interesting artistically. Um, and then it just goes into the animation, which the episode, the episodic animation, which is gorgeous, I will say. How do you feel about the animation in Singular Point? Oh, the animation's yeah, spot on. There's, I, I'm, I'm completely happy with it. Back on the intro, I was expecting it to be some like really poppy, cheesy intro with just lots of scenes of, of creatures but it's nothing like that at all is it it was just no no it's yeah it's not what i was expecting so we go into the animation which for all the world looks like gorgeous traditional like studio ghibli-esque uh hand-drawn animation and we have yun which is one of our main protagonists and he's talking with a colleague, you know, about what's for dinner and stuff like that. And then they go to investigate a haunted house, as it were. Now, Yun and his colleagues, they're what you would call like engineers or handy folks for hire. It's kind of like they do like odd technical jobs. So they go off to this haunted house and they kind of find like a radio wave recording, but it kind of comes and goes. So they're wondering what the cause of that is. And then they kind of look over and they say, oh, hey, look, there's like a radio station over there. Meanwhile, at said radio station, um, they're having technical difficulties with something that, uh, with a piece of hardware that was installed ages ago. So they invite someone over to look at it. Basically, it's the understudy of a professor and she comes and looks at it and she's just like, hmm, well, this, that, and everything. We should call the folks that installed that, which happens to be Yun and his colleagues. Now, Yun gets the call out of hours. And it's kind of funny because he's in the process of scaling the fence at this point into the radio station because he wants to know about the signal. So he's like, oh, crap, we've got caught. And it turns out like, oh, oh, hello. Oh, you're having issues. Oh, you don't say. So that was kind of like a bit of humor in the episode. Um, I really like that. that. That was good. Yeah, that that was the, that was good. I like the, I, I like the two characters. It's off to a good start, character wise. The two characters, like Yun and his colleague, who I have I've totally spaced on uh, his name, but they're arguing over what they're going to have for dinner or lunch in like two weeks' time. And Yun's just like telling his colleague, "Like you're so predictable." He's like, "No, I'm not." It's like, "Well, you're going to have this." It's like, "Oh, well, we'll see." 
now spoilers fuck a few episodes later like he does end up eating the thing that <laughs> called out on. Yeah, it was it was pretty good but um you know like it feels very in world it feels very rich like you can tell like these characters have histories the way they talk to one another and a lot of it's quite plausible when you say like there's no like ridiculous anime tropes with the exception no. perhaps of how may is drawn now may is our female protagonist so everybody else looks reasonably normal and then you have may who has purple hair and gigantic eyes and it's one of those things like if you've ever seen the anime or, or like go ahead and do yourself a favor look up Yu-Gi-Oh and the main character of Yu-Gi-Oh sticks out like a sore thumb because he has giant spiky purple hair and there's just no one else in that show that looks anything close to that so may again has like these really large eyes like inhumanly large eyes and purple hair and everybody else is just drawn relatively normal so it was it was a case of in anime like it's the classic case of spot the protagonist so but uh that was fun but anyways she's a really cool character she's a very intelligent character which was refreshing to see we have a smart female character and she's driving the story along which is really cool um anyways get back to the plot um it kind of jumps ahead to sort of the next day um there are a few things that happen in between but they aren't necessarily consequential um yun developed like a software ai and may downloads it and it takes the form of like a yeah, it takes the form of like a little dog on her laptop and it kind of becomes its own character. It was fun. It was cool. Um, my daughter, Charlotte, was kind of like watching over my shoulder and she really liked the dog. So that was great. Um, but what, what happens like the next day or the next few ensuing days is there is a uh, tech show and they are showing off Jet Jaguar, which is what Yun and his father and their company has been putting together, which was really cool. And Jet Jaguar looks like an actual robotics mech prototype that you would see in our real world which i thought was a really nice touch and they're kind of putting it together they're doing like a festival and stuff and then out of nowhere there is a pterodactyloid and you know it just generally runs amok and attacks and there's a fight between jet jaguar and the rodan there is an episode one Huh? There isn't oh, an episode one. Well, you can tell that it's going to happen because it's in all the previews and they've already shown the footage. But you know, okay. So, yeah, but the, the end of episode, yeah, the end of episode one, um, it shows Yun like holding a kid and the Radon's like staring them down. Um, Radon is the name that they come up with it in episode two. But all in all, I think it's a very well paced first episode, and it ends on a cliffhanger all the episodes tend to end on a cliffhanger. It really draws you in in that sense. It's just your typical anime, like uh, hook, and, hook and line, you know, like they just catch you and they draw you in. So I think that was really good. The monsters for the most part seem to be like some kind of computer animation. So they aren't like the 2D, like hand-drawn sort of animation that the rest of the cartoon has whether or not it is actually hand-drawn I, I can't say but it looks that way but um the rodan in the episode it is done with cgi up until the point 
that it dies, in which case it does become 2D hand-drawn animation. Um, the, the computer generation of the monsters, by the way, it is like a 2D effect. Don't think that it's like um, Dinosaur King where you have 2D characters and then you have dinosaurs that look like 3D-ish and like they, it's a bit jarring. It really isn't jarring when you're watching Godzilla's singular point. So I was really happy with that. All of the monsters have lovely color palettes and they look like they've been animated and like their colors blended traditionally. So it's really nice in that sense. Uh, Episode one does have a bit of a cliffhanger ending though, doesn't it, Paul? It kind of ends with a spoiler or like a hint or a nod or some foreshadowing. You want to take it away on that? Yeah, I mean, it's because I didn't trust that that guy uh, who, who runs the, um, whatever is that, that research place. He just he just looks so dodgy. And then when he's talking to that guy, you know, how, how long have you been here? Oh, okay, yeah, let me, let me show you something. And then slowly down the elevator they go, massive open space down there. It's like saying, oh yeah, the people have kind of forgotten about this. It's been here since pre-war. And then you just see a mahoosive <laughs> skeleton down there. Mahoosive is right, mahoosive. yeah. It's just like, oh, you're just storing that under this facility. Hmm. So yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting a skeleton though. I don't know what I was it's... expecting to be honest, but yeah, not yeah. that. So, whose skeleton is it? Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm going to assume that's Godzilla, or a yeah, relative is, of. It, it is totally a Godzilla skeleton. Yeah, so, so there's going to be, yeah, which is now... So that was a nice curveball, just episode one. Well, yeah, episode one starts off with, well, ends with Godzilla's skeleton. Yeah, so... Or a Godzilla. Yeah, so there's already been, or we presume there was a Godzilla before, it died, but we have a Godzilla skeleton there, and it's just like a whole bunch of questions that you suddenly start asking, like... Ooh. So we were talking before we started recording and what I would, the way I would describe the, the flavor of Godzilla singular point is a Godzilla themed version of Stranger Things drawn by Studio Ghibli. And that's, I, I feel like that kind of nails it. Like that, that's what I've come up with. Paul, do you have any thoughts on how to like get the flavor for this? I might have seen more before I can give any thought of um, comparison, but I, to as I had, I don't think I've actually seen a Studio Ghibli film, so I might not be able to say it looks anything like that animation style. What? You haven't seen a Studio <laughs> um, Ghibli film? I don't think so. No. Okay, folks, if you haven't seen the Studio Ghibli film and you have Netflix, presumably you have Netflix because you know Godzilla's singular point is going to be coming out to Western audiences, um, go ahead and do yourself a favor. I will recommend three. There is My Neighbor Totoro, which is quintessential Studio Ghibli. Um, it's more of a family film, but it's just feel good. It's enjoyable and it's just really easy watch. But My Neighbor Totoro... After that, there's Howl's Moving Castle, which is a really great film. Um, it's it's a lot like it's quite a bit like a lucid dream, um, similar in a vein to Spirited Away, which a lot of folks will recognize. Disney did a wide release of Spirited Away, which is a Studio Ghibli film. That's also like a lucid dream. 
um, either one of those would be interchangeable on my list. And then for older audiences, I would recommend Princess Mononoke. So this is a little bit more mature in its themes and it's asking more philosophical questions while at the same time it has absolutely gorgeous animation and a really wonderful plot. So if you wanna check out those three or four on Netflix, they're all on right now. One of my personal favorites is also Porco Rosso. It's about a biplane pilot who gets turned into a pig and it's awesome. I mean, you laugh, Paul, but they make it work. Oh, do you? But um, yeah, Studio Ghibli is amazing. They're just really well known for top-notch animation and storytelling. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I would I would akin this to, like at least the flavor of it. But it's got that weird science fiction Stranger Things vibe to it, and it ends on cliffhangers, much like Stranger Things would. Like you you leave wanting to see more, like it really sucks you in. And we're going to take our first break, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about where potentially this series is going. Thanks, folks, and stay with us. Hello, and welcome back to the second part of Kaiju Curry House. It's just me and Joe today talking about Godzilla Singular Point, which is coming soon uh, to Netflix UK and is available on Netflix Japan if you have a VPN, or I'm sure you can Google it and find a way of watching it if you're desperate, like Joe is. So I, I just Googled it and clicked the first thing, and there it was. Just watched it. I mean, whoever's policing it isn't really yeah. policing it. <laughs> well, we'll be watching it on UK Netflix, I'm sure. So I don't think they're too yeah. concerned. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we've summarized the first episode. And as you said, Joe, it's it's got a good cliffhanger. It's well paced. It seems quite well, reasonably grounded. They've really built up the characters well. Um, there's just very, very little kaiju in episode one, as in literally it's the last maybe minute or two, which I'm assuming changes, as you've said, and as we've seen in the trailer, there's, there's about to be a battle between whatever that creature's called and um, the new Jet Jaguar, who, as you say, looks like a you real life... Rodan? Rodan. Rodan? Is it, or is it just called Rodan? I thought it was called something else. Well, they pronounce it Radon when you're watching it. Oh, is that title. it? Okay. Yeah. So they call it radon, you find this out, because of the gases that it exudes around it. So like, if you've noticed any of the trailers, like there's this red dust, it seems ubiquitous with any of like the, well, with the majority of the kaiju in the series, the red dust, the red gas, the red water effect, it, it's around them. And the radon are very much in tune with that. And it's, I mean, jumping ahead, they start to believe that, you know, like they're dying off because they, because they're from a different environment, so to speak. Okay. Because yeah, so throughout that first episode, apparently there's some ghost hunting going on at the beginning, but there's nothing that suggests in this world, Kaiju exist. There's no sort of like alarm systems or defenses it's only right at the end we see there's a fair going on and suddenly a kaiju appears. But we know there's short a perhaps, skeleton. Yeah, short of like a giant skeleton in a warehouse. That's, yeah, yeah that's, that's obviously been hidden. So are, are kaiju in this universe something that existed previously and are thought to be extinct? Or are they living with them day to day and we just don't see it? So a bit of a spoiler for episode two to answer your question. Okay. 
Um, there's knockdown drag out fight between the Jet Jaguar proto prototype and the first Radon that they encounter. It's great. And um, needless to say, good old JJ takes that beast down, albeit succumbing, succumbing to heavy damage itself. So after this Radon dies, uh, they do a little bit of research into it. And turns out Yun's dad is a bit of like, a doomsday prepper, you might say, yeah. and like yeah, all of his en- and all of his engineering efforts really kind of go into like his wacky doomsday ideas or his end times ideas. And there is a painting like or a mural that depicts like a giant fish whale type creature, and it closely resembles Godzilla. Albeit, yeah. it looks it basically is like a giant greenish gray koi with Godzilla's fins or his back plates on it. And then there's a bunch of Radon flying around in kind of samurai kimono, samurai-esque kimonos. And, you know, it's artistic, you know, obviously there's been a bit of creative license taken here, but um, they say like, oh, well, it's the same red fog. It's the same general body plan as the Radon. Maybe this has happened before. So it's kind of like leading into you know like what is it that we're seeing and it's kind of neat in that sense okay but so 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 it, they are new to the environment as far as the they're relatively concerned. new yeah the current the modern population hasn't really seen these before or at least it hasn't been widely publicized or made known but ancient peoples like they had like a, a written or artistic uh, record of these creatures beforehand so that bit of the lore does exist so okay and you say the um the kooky dad who's a doomsday prepper he's building he's got like two teeth his eyes are looking in different directions he's bald he's shorter than everybody i mean he's out oh yes yes i feel like we should say this for any parents who think their kids should watch this they swear in godzilla's singular point a lot and they use proper swear words like f-bombs get dropped does it have an age rating this i i haven't looked at it i haven't looked at it but uh yeah so parents i'm not sure how netflix will necessarily deal with this for western audiences (laughs) my guess is that they will not change the majority of the dialogue but just so you know they swear they swear but yeah kooky old dad he swears a lot <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm guessing he's going to be right i mean he's he's building jet Jaguar to defend to defend the earth i think he says yeah or something like that so he knows something's coming or, or he's a kook or, or he's, he's a kook, a kook. and yeah. just happens <laughs> i'd actually he's prefer that i think that'd be better uh, okay, so this is this is a great moment from episode one. So kooky old dad gets knocked out of piloting Jet Jaguar. So he's running away and Yun, he couldn't think of anything better to do. So he remote pilots uh, Jet Jaguar. He basically like gains control via like his uh, like handheld device. But the, the only thing that he could download onto Jet Jaguar fast enough to make a difference was playing rock, paper, scissors. So Jet Jaguar is like sitting there like 
clunking around like an idiot, you know, while Yun's just like shaking the screen around, trying to play rock, paper, scissors with it so that he can save his dad. It was absolutely hilarious. But you know, like the Radon's just sitting there like, huh? But no, it was really good. The Radon, incidentally, um, if so there aren't necessarily different species of Radon. If you look at the trailers, you'll be quick to notice that the first one, the one that fights the Jet Jaguar um, in episode two and is seen at the tail end of episode one, it's bright red bordering on pink. It's got yellow and blue highlights and a long tail. Now the Radon that you see later on, like from the preview, are dark brown. They more closely resemble the Rodan that we are used to seeing, like 2019 and all the rest. Like it is the quintessential like classic Rodan designer. It's getting there. So basically the Rodan start evolving for our environment. And if you are really quick to catch things, you'll notice that they start evolving Godzilla-like plates on their backs. That's cool. So the, yeah, so there's a lot of very interesting scientific engineering Easter eggy stuff that's going in in Godzilla Singular Point. So one of the really cool things, perhaps one of my favorite things about the series is the end credits. Paul, did you watch the end credits closely? No, I didn't. Okay. What so, did I miss? So the end credits are just basically one giant Easter egg that is just absolute fan service. So they have like shower designs from monsters getting thrown in. They have characters from all the original Shawa and Heisei films that, you know, are like in the ending montages, like all the news reporters are the news reporters from the Godzilla Shawa era. Um, they have people looking at dead monsters and they are dressed like the cast of Ebra Horror from the Deep. Like you can see them all loitering around things. There's a Shakuras from... Um, the Return of Godzilla, Godzilla 1985. That's in one of the screen captures that May is looking at on her laptop. There's King Caesar fighting Manda. There's a Mothra cameo. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of really neat stuff. You could watch the end credits and I, I kid you not, there has to be, if you include all the different characters, there's easily over 60 Easter eggs Ow. in the end okay. credits. It, it's just so much fun. Like who... Whoever designed this, the people that were affiliated, like uh, Studio Bones and Orange, they're responsible for this. It's written by Toe and Joe. Whoever was in charge of those end credits, they did a fantastic job with that sequence. And any Godzilla fan will find those end credits absolutely entertaining. They'll be like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my, there it is. Ha ha. And it's just all there. So it, it's really fun at the end of each episode to see those credits. Now, one thing I will tell you is while the episodes do end on a cliffhanger, there's nothing at the end of the credits for you. And the end credit sequence is always the same. So once you've seen the end credit sequence, once you have picked that apart meticulously like I did, it's not gonna change. So don't worry about it and don't wait around until after the credits, just enjoy your life afterwards. If you're gonna be binging it, you can go ahead and press skip because nothing new is going to be happening at the end of those credits. So yeah, it, it is fun in that sense, but 
you, you should uh, take a look, Paul, next time you get a chance and just look at the end credits because it is absolutely fantastic. They threw everything in the kitchen sink at those end credits. Okay. I mean, that's a good sign if they, you know, they're fans of the franchise and they're throwing all that in there for fan service. That oh, yeah. gives me um, a little bit of hope. There's one, one point in it, in it, you see Jet Jaguar and Kiru just like taking up arms together. They're fighting like side by side. And it's just kind of neat. It's like, oh, that's cool nod. It is like the full-on Shawa Jet Jaguar. It's not the Jet Jaguar from the series. So it's just it's just fun stuff. It's just fun stuff. There's like a burning Godzilla um, in it. It's the 90s Mothra that they show. Um, the Manda and the King Caesar are both Shawa designs. They have a Hedora in there. They have a Kamunga. It's just, it's really fun. It's really fun, but they've thrown all of that stuff in there in the end credits, which seems to have little to nothing to do with the actual show. That's what I was going to watch. Is, do you think that's a tease for something that's going to come in later episodes? I couldn't because honestly I'm, tell you. I'm trying to think on the on the trailer now. I, I'm trying to think what characters you see in the trailer, but I'm sure you see Kamonga and Fedora, or at least versions of them. You do. So later on so we're up i'm up to episode five so at the time of recording episode five has dropped in japan i have seen it and we're starting to see they've put into the plans in this uh series there's this uh there's this material called archetype and archetype doesn't behave like other materials it's something of a how would how would you describe it? It's unusual physically, and it doesn't behave in the way that you would expect it to. And there are certain properties within this archetype material that cause it to reflect different things, perhaps in time and time and space. So they're in the process of kind of beginning to understand and to look at how it is shaping stuff and the red dust that the creatures um, produce or need is similar in many respects to or in similar in many respects to one of the properties that make up archetype so there's beginning to be a connection there like where are these creatures from and in my mind, what I'm equating it to is like, okay, so there's kind of like an upside down version of Earth where these creatures are coming from. And this red dusty stuff, you know, is like a byproduct of like whatever breach or where they're coming from and mingling with our environment. And the Rodans, the Radons are not surviving very long in our environment because they are straying too far away too quickly. And in a sense, this makes a little bit of sense because they're quite quick and they're flying quite high and they're moving away quite quickly. So yeah, it's starting to develop interesting plot points, but they're managing to keep it pretty tight. They're managing to, you know, like connect all the dots and not really leave a lot open to, you know, like it, it wouldn't make sense. Like there aren't gaping plot holes in this. They're really trying to keep it tight in the story. So I do appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. So, Spoilerificness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more, I have to say, because I think the first episode definitely laid the groundwork. And 
the thing is the trailer really the trailer had the original music and showed some amazing battles and the kaiju we know and love but in a completely unique form uh, my fear was going to be it's going to be like the other netflix anime trilogy where it's they took it in a different direction and yeah, it didn't did. really work out it just it, it seemed a bit too slow paced and I'm, i just but by the sounds of it this isn't going to be the case of that it's going to be something different yeah i, I guess i godzilla earth it poses a lot of philosophical questions and it is quite slow but i don't necessarily think that they are bad movies they're very inventive movies but and it shows you a lot of what you can do and how diverse of a character or plot point that godzilla can be however i think that a lot of people were just looking for like a fun romp and like yes. something interesting and something new and while we got something interesting it was interesting it was new and while i didn't it just didn't love have it, that it didn't have the x factor if you yeah. know what I mean. yeah it was, it was an interesting idea it just didn't quite land with me i was hoping for something more like you know godzilla the series or something yeah. um well this well singular point isn't really godzilla the series no I it seems to be it's it's more grown up than that isn't i think it's gonna be yeah it's much more grown up than that i do i I keep going back to like Stranger, Stranger Things. things. But yeah, but like <laughs> it does, it does have kind of a, it has a more sciencey vibe than that, but it does vibe on a lot of similar levels for me. Okay. So I, what do you want to see out of the rest of the show? I want to see more Titanosaurus, aka Godzilla Aquatus. Okay. So for those of you who do not know, I love Titanosaurus. My favorite Godzilla movie is Terror of Mechagodzilla. And I was shown a Titanosaurus. And I was instantly on board. However bad this series had the potential to be, I was on board <laughs> because there was a Titanosaurus in it. And then Toho, and I'm sure some of you listen to these, you changed its name. Why did you have to do that? It, it matters to me. Do you understand how little like airtime Titanosaurus gets? So anyways, they changed its name and then Toho later had the audacity to go on Twitter and say Titanosaurus is never coming back. That, really? was, that was the response <laughs> to people saying, why did you change the name? They were just, Titanosaurus oh. is never coming back. And then they put like some laughing emojis next to it. And I was just like, wow you guys are terrible you aren't really thank you for putting titanosaurus in singular point <laughs> you can call it what you want but i know what it is anyway um they've done that with the gabra too so they've changed you've seen the trailers you know that gabra is quote you know he's in it but it's not gabra they've given it a new name so i wonder how many like other you know like little pinpricks the fandom's gonna get you know like that's not its name why did they do that it's not cool you know but at the same time it's fun but godzilla aquatus you know like in theory it's from the godzilla family and it's aquatic so you know i kind of get behind this you know giant aquatic dinosaur titanosaurus that's what it was so i'll live with it it's cool it's cool but um what i want to see 
you know, I, I'm at a point now where I'm happy enough with it that I just want to see where it goes. Like, I'm just really enjoying the ride right now. I don't want to get too much into speculation or what I want to see out of it because honestly, I'm just enjoying what I'm being given. Well, that's good. I mean, you can't you can't really hope for more than that. Yeah, if you're enjoying I'm it. Really you can't wait to see it. the next. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. What are you What are you looking for out of this, Paul? I don't see. I don't care about the names. Um, I don't know if I want to see new iterations of the kaiju we know or completely new creatures. That's what I'm torn on because one part of me says, "Oh, I just want to see." what these people can do with the creatures that we know and love, like they have done with Titanosaurus and Rodan, or if they should just start with a blank slate and say, actually, no, we're just going to design a whole new bunch of creatures for you to love. And you probably know more, but going by the trailer, it looks like they're going to be the existing ones and there probably won't be many new ones. I feel, I, like right? Toho, I feel like Toho has such a broad catalogue of monsters that they could draw on a lot and just kind of tweak the designs or the origin stories enough to make it feel different. But that yeah, I mean, said, there, there is... that said, we're on episode six of like a 13 episode series. So we're not even halfway there. I mean, they could throw out new stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm wondering, as I said, where they're coming from. Is it going to be like Pacific Rim and there's a breach? Is it going to be like um, Evolution, which I know. <laughs> It is completely fulfilled, but you know they're they're trying to survive and change like the atmosphere so they can um, exist. Like you said, Rodan color changing as it's trying to adapt to our atmosphere. That remind me a lot of evolution when the creatures there are mutating and trying to live in our atmosphere. You know, is it going to be something like that? And actually, they're all, they're all part of the Godzilla family, and these are mutations throughout the way. I I'm very interested to see where they're going to take the storyline. That's a um, cool yeah. I think it's. I'm hoping it's going to be good. I, I think forward, it is. I, good. I look forward to seeing more. I hope <laughs> it just doesn't like pull like a Game of Thrones and just be like really fun, and then you get to the end, it's just like, wait, really? Or I, I think that's a bit cruel to Game of Thrones. Dexter. Dexter had a terrible ending. Lost. I didn't watch Lost. Just like you didn't watch. Yeah, you didn't watch Studio Ghibli though, so you can't judge. I wasn't judging. I was just saying. <laughs> okay so do we know if this is a one-off can it can could this end on a cliffhanger and we've got to wait for a year or two for season two? Ooh, i don't know but it'd be really cool if it did keep it going so you're happy enough with what you've seen so far that this could be an ongoing series you wouldn't just want it to be a, a one and done no i would okay. i mean it depends where they go with it if they end it really well and it's a great one-off season of 13 episodes, no, I won't, I, I won't ask them for more. If the studio, or not the studio, if the series feels complete and well-rounded, that said, I'm really enjoying what they're showing now. And it has the potential, it has the world to be more than 13 episodes, I feel. So if they came back for a second season, as Netflix has been doing with quite a lot of properties, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be really happy for it. Okay. Um, and as you said, a few more, I mean, complete spoilers here, but what the hell is that song all about, if you know? Because they're okay. find, trying to find the ghost, aren't they? And they're following what you think would just be a frequency, okay. but it's a song. 
Okay, so in episode one, they're kind of ghost hunting. Um, someone's tipped them off to this song. And basically, it was like a type of old school, like, radio phone. Um, it's like a crystal radio, isn't it? That's hidden yeah. in a secret room. Exactly. So, th- so this is like a novelty. Someone in a mansion had a novelty. And basically, it's the radio waves that trigger this thing to activate. So it's not a ghost. It's just this old radio phone being activated by the radio waves, which the radon is producing. Oh, so it's... Yeah. Right, so, okay. So basically, when the radon's flying by or, you know, like something is triggering this old radio phone to start and whoever's at the mansion is just like, ooh, we have ghosts. No, you don't have ghosts, but your radio (laughs) phone is randomly switching on and off and that's a bit weird. So that's why they go to the radio station. Like, why are you doing these random like frequencies to like do, you know, like does odd stuff to like things around. But the radio station really isn't trying to do weird things and you find out there's something else going on here. And that something else is the radons, potentially a breach or, you know, like whatever else is out there. But it's just one of those like little mysteries within the show that's kind of like in the process of being solved, but the radons do emit their own radio wave. So like whenever they roar, there's like a radio signal that goes along with it and they actually later on use this to affect because a flock of radons come out and they use radio waves to draw them away. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like the radons are attacking a city because the city is full of radio waves. Oh. So what they do is they isolate the radon frequency and then they put it on a moped and they try and drive off to like draw <laughs> all these radons away. It doesn't oh. exactly go to plan. It this doesn't sounds... really go to plan. Joe, Joe you're, you're reminding me here of Tremors and you know, the Shriekers following the heat signature. This is fantastic. <laughs> it is quite similar, but there's our Tremors ref- episode. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you needed one. You needed one there. And we'll go ahead and take our second break now. Hello and welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. We've been talking Godzilla's singular point. Now I think we need to move on to other news. So it's been about 24 hours since this news leaked onto the wide and wonderful web. But we have found out that the director, Adam Wingard, is in talks for Legendary's next MonsterVerse film. Paul and I were discussing over the break that Godzilla vs. Kong, as of this point, has crossed the $400 million milestone worldwide, which is pretty dang good yeah, for a pandemic film. So yeah, Adam Wingard um, in talks, nothing official yet but it's really encouraging to see that. And whilst we know that Godzilla's licensing with the series might be coming to an end with this last film, they do, however, still have Kong and the uh, Hollow Earth to look into. So we could be going into unknown territory there. Paul, thoughts? Well, the, the report that I was reading says that they banded around um son of kong um as a potential monster you need a mama kong before you can have a son of kong well now he's in hollow earth maybe he's gonna somehow find some more of his kind well they tease like your family could be down there it's like yeah and he got pretty excited ran down there and found that there was at some point they might have just moved away from that area if you read the novelization of Godzilla versus Kong, 
that whole temple area that Kong sits down in that finds the axe, all of that was actually made by Kongs. That was not made by humans. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, the, so Kongs did live down there. Yeah, and they have the knowledge to create architecture. So that makes Kong significantly more intelligent than any iteration in the past or the potential to be significantly more intelligent. He understands sign language, which is farther than we've seen any other of the Kongs get. But the fact that his race could create architecture and weapons. So in that sense, Kong's tribe, if you want to call it that, has gone past Stone Age mechanics. So there's some really mm -hmm. interesting, I mean, like if that civilization, if that culture kept on going in the hollow earth which a son of kong would you know you'd assume that would be the case then where did, i mean where are the rest of kong species at culturally because you have to understand he grew up isolated and alone on an island the other kongs down there could have their own language by this time that he wouldn't be privy to because he was alone on skull island it just it begs yeah. a whole bunch of really interesting questions and they have a lot of room to work with there well so i mean the monsterverse i know we think of godzilla but they've created such a world now haven't they with just with just hollow earth and kong in godzilla versus kong not to mention all the other creatures that we saw in godzilla king of the monsters they don't need godzilla they could leave leave him for a few films while they arrange something with toho to get that license like renewed if need be there's so many directions they could take. Yeah, and even in the even in the tie-in comics that they did, like Godzilla Dominion introduced a couple of new kaiju that were quite large, and then it visited up on some kaiju as well, like Behemoth, Skyla, like they were in there, and it shows what they were getting up to. Incidentally, this is a nice point. So for those of you who saw the opening credits of Godzilla versus Kong and saw like basically the roster of the monsters that Godzilla and Kong defeated before they got to each other. The other monsters are not dead. Godzilla Dominion and Kingdom Kong, like they, they show what happened and those monsters are not dead. Behemoth has not died. You know, it's, it's, there's a whole bunch of monsters that are still alive and they're still okay, but uh, they're great comic books. You should try and pick them up if you can. They're really fun reads. Particularly, I will say Godzilla Dominion, which is all from Godzilla's perspective. There are no people in it. And it's kind of interesting to see how Godzilla's mind works. He's quite the philosopher, I must say. Like he has really deep thoughts. But um, yeah, you know, like pick those up. But the MonsterVerse, it looks like, folks, is going to be expanding further. So fun times. Yeah, that's great news. Yeah. So, Paul, should we wrap this one up with some recommendations? Uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, first of all, if nothing else, go on to Netflix and click your Remind Me button so that when Godzilla is released, because it's up on Netflix now, you can click a Add to Watch List um, button. So once it's live, you will probably get a notification on WhatsApp or wherever you're linked to say it's available. I guess I should say watch a Studio Ghibli film, but I... I can't really say that until I've watched one myself. I'm going to quiz you next episode <laughs> on what you've been watching, Paul. I'm going to. Yeah. You're going to say, sorry, Joe, 
I watched Tremors for the hundredth time and I played more video <laughs> games. But I'm going to say, Paul, you should have been watching the Studio Ghibli film. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I probably will just play more video games, to be fair. Uh, we recently had Alien Day and I completely missed that and um, didn't watch Aliens like I should have done. And I'm sure Tremors Day is coming up soon. There's a Tremors Day? There's a, there's a Burt Gummer Day, isn't there? Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's lots of excuses to watch Tremors again, always. But, um, um, but do you think we should go back and watch the Godzilla Netflix trilogy or should we just leave that for now? I'm going to leave that. Just leave that for now, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right, Joe, what would you um, recommend? Well, my recommendation is going to come out of left field. I'm going to say, you know, do what Paul just said. Uh, put a reminder on for Godzilla's singular point. Watch a Studio Ghibli film. Those are all out on Netflix right now. They're fantastic films. If you have Netflix, they're just well worth the watch. I guarantee you, once you watch one, you will watch the others. So I recently, and on an unrelated note, watched the original, original Planet of the Apes. And I remembered that there was a release by Boom Studios that was Kong on the Planet of the Apes. So I have read that. You can get this fabulous comic from Amazon for about 15 quid. And it's got great artwork, it's really enjoyable, and it, picks, it picks up almost directly, like moments after the ending of the original Planet of the Apes. I won't spoil too much, it's really fun, but uh, basically uh, Charlton Heston goes off and you see the Statue of Liberty there. Sorry if, for spoilers, but this movie, <laughs> I think, I think this, movie yeah. this movie is decades and decades old, but... Um, you know, like we've gotten past that, but when they like just after that Statue of Liberty, the apes are following their trail and they come across the washed up body of a dead Kong. So the story um, quickly proceeds like this is how kind of like Charlton Heston got away. Like the apes could have tracked him down, but they found this Kong and then they were like, this is a large ape. We need to find out where he came from. So then they do an expedition to Skull Island. And of course, we all know how expeditions to Skull Island go. Yes. Anyways, it's it's really fun. It's Kong related. It has good art. It's an economical buy and it's really fun. But you have to have seen the original, the original, original Planet of the Apes to have more fun with it. So I will recommend that you watch the original release of Planet of the Apes. It's not the Tim Burton one. We're talking before that. So the original release, Planet of the Apes, watch that. Spend 15 quid on Amazon or your local bookseller or comic shop and get this comic and read what ape men would think of King Kong. So there you go. I love the sound of that. <laughs> Why not? Why not? So folks, we're going to leave you there. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. And as always, keep it kaiju.